Happy Friday, everybody. Breaking down Thursday night football, Chiefs and Chargers in the AFC West. Fourth down decisions overshadowing what was a fantastic game between two superstar quarterbacks Thursday night. Previewing picks for the rest of the Week 15 schedule. Is COVID going to interrupt that schedule? All of that coming up on today's episode of Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. We've got a full show today, Matt. Still a ton of games to get to from the Week 15 schedule preview and picks. We got to start with breaking down what we saw with Chiefs and Chargers. The Kansas City Chiefs traveled on a short week all the way to Los Angeles and beat those Chargers in overtime. 34-28. That, they had to be gassed there in the fourth quarter after three days of rest and travel. And uh, the Chiefs hanging on, looking good for a one-seed berth in the AFC. Now Chargers with some work to do, still uh, in one of those wild-card spots as of today with an 8-6 and six record. But a bunch of teams could catch them and, and make that even more interesting as those wild-cards go in the AFC. But what were your takeaways here with this game with the Chiefs winning 34-28? Yeah, that's the seventh in the row for the Chiefs in a fun, fun game, obviously. Tons of fantasy implications. Two awesome quarterbacks making great throws. And I say this once in a while, and I think I've said it recently, but I, I try not to harp on it too often. It was a game where I feel better about both teams after it than I did before. You know, I mean, the, the Chiefs' defense was a real problem, but it's been a real strength. But they didn't have Chris Jones. And give the Chargers credit. I think the Chargers are rounding into shape pretty well. Chiefs are going to win this division. I think the Chargers are pretty much locked to be a wild card. Herbert and Mahomes were awesome to watch. I mean, big plays by Kelsey and Hill, especially Kelsey. The overtime play was bonkers. And, you know, guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Eckler all came and produced too. So the stars came out. And I think one of the big takeaways, and frankly, I don't have a strong take on it, but I do want to bring it up, is – the Chargers consistently going for it on fourth down. And here's my take on it is, first of all, I think we all know by now, the analytics folks say, be aggressive on fourth down. Great. We know Staley, the new Chargers head coach, is young, smart, very analytically based. Here's my only questions, though, is it dawned on me after Mike Tomlin's press conference after the Ravens, something that really came to me. And they asked them, they said, you know, were you shocked that the Ravens went for it in this certain situation? He said, no, we're not shocked at all. They're a certain, they're an extremely analytically driven team, which makes them predictable. You know, you got to remember that we know that, you know, that I know that, you know, type of thing too. Like on third down, (laughs) all these defenses against the Chargers are going to treat it like it's second down. You know what I mean? Like, you're not surprising anyone. And I do wonder when football outsiders and pro football focus and Warren Sharp and all these smart analytic people in the media analyze the fourth down situation this offseason, might it not be as obvious to be aggressive on fourth down? That's all I'm saying. In a lot of ways – it affects third down more than fourth down. Right. Because that's the thing people don't talk about. And that's where the coaching comes in. So, you know, Brandon Staley or whoever's calling in the plays to um, Justin Herbert is telling him, hey, we're going for it on fourth. 
so you can throw it short of the sticks that. kind of thing. And he already knows that, right? So he can throw it. He can throw a six-yard route on third and eight. And, but the defense knows that, too. So you don't have to play the sticks. So uh, it, it is a chess match. And it's another, uh, and I think that's a great point that Tomlin brings up because it's another part of the chess match is who knows what and who knows tendencies and what you're going to do. Now, look, it doesn't matter um, if you know they're going to go for it on fourth down or not because it's not like, you know, you're going to put your field goal defense out there against a fourth down defense, <laughs> offense, right? Um, sure, and, sure. And, and, you know, so you still have to defend the play um, and go into next-gen stats. All five fourth downs that the Chargers went for, next-gen stats agreed with them and said it was the right decision, some of them by only 0.3%, but that was the correct decision to go versus kick and take the points. And it was fun watching Twitter argue about you know uh, going forward or, or taking uh, the points. Um, I, I would argue that this is a small sample, and it's, it's too hard to say, oh, analytics is ruining the game and, and point to this one game because things didn't necessarily go great. In hindsight, yeah, of course, if you don't get it, it's better to kick and, and get the points. But if you do get it, it's better to go for it, right? And the, um, in the long run, the numbers bear it out, and I think you could question even more maybe – play calling in those situations or, you know, handing the ball to Kelly instead of Eckler or, you know, there's other aspects of it rather than just, oh, we blindly followed the chart. And I don't think Staley is blindly following the chart. And I think that's one of the big keys, too, with all this. Like, okay, here's the data here. And then here's what I know about this game and my players and my advantages on my offense versus their defense. Is this a really tough team to go get one yard against against the run? They have, you know, two, three hundred fifty pounds defensive tackles that we can't move. Or maybe we we call a different play than we would have before. Maybe the momentum in the game maybe these guys are tired and it's an easier fourth and two to get than your average chart fourth and two so there's so many things to take into perspective and Brandon Staley talked about that after the game it's a coaching decision he's not blindly going by the charts even though you know uh the analytics quote unquote which is I mean that word is start to it starts to get annoying because what does it even mean you know what when, when you say it these days um but it agreed with the decision percentage wise so I think to me it's other parts of those decisions who you're playing the scoreboard um uh, what's going on in the game, who's tired, where do you have an advantage, who are your players against their players, all those kinds of things. And then uh, I think that the Chiefs did a really good job of just making plays and executing in the end. And that's what wins and loses a football game is the execution. So uh, I think that's where you credit the Chargers more than anything, more than Brandon Staley losing the game because he trusted analytics too much blindly. Yeah, well said. I mean, I'm not even accusing him. I mean, I, I, I had no problem with any one of his decisions. My, my thoughts are just... Well, first of all, there's some Monday morning quarterbacking going on here, too. Yeah. If, if they kick field goals, they, they would have won this game, I think. Right. I mean, I believe that to be true. It wouldn't have got to overtime. Fine. But we could do that with every game of the every NFL season that's close and say, if you do this differently in the third quarter, you mm-hmm. could have won. You know, they don't have that advantage. I just wonder if it's I'm not going to say this properly, but if it's. 70% to go for 30% not to, you know, uh, right now in the analytics, if after this season, does it get heavier towards not going for it? You know, with one more season of data, one more season of everybody knowing 
the same stuff. You know, three years ago, you could have been ahead of the curve. So, yes, you know, if we're no, using that, that you that's know? a great point. And fewer teams going it for it on fourth down. Maybe it was easier to get fourth and two than it is this that's year. That's what I mean. And right. maybe now with more teams going for fourth and two, do the numbers start to skew with a larger sample? Sort of like uh, the NBA with three-point shooting, right? Although it went the other direction. And maybe that's what we'll find out. Maybe the kickers don't exist in 10 years, right? Because now you have Steph Curry, who's just shooting so many more three-pointers than anybody, and he just broke the record uh, in like hundreds of fewer games than Ray Allen, uh, it took him to make the same amount of three-pointers because now teams are okay with it. Where back in the day, they would, uh, you, you know, your coach would bench you if you shot a three-pointer right, right, right. four feet exactly. behind the three-point line, you know. Um, so, your owner yeah. would fire you if you went for it on fourth down every time. Yeah. <laughs> right, so maybe this will go in the other direction now uh or, or maybe you know so who knows where it'll go when you get more data and more people start going forward on fourth down is it beneficial is it not um does that start to skew the numbers so that that'll be interesting to follow as as it goes along and and those models will change a little bit but it was like you know the espn model the next gen stats model uh, all these you know really smart people who do this for a living and their independent analytics all of them agreed with those decisions percentage wise to go for it in those situations rather than kick the field goal. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like the, the analytics community was really, um, really together on those ideas. Yep. And to your point, I know we have so many games to go to. This is the last thing I'll say about it. Those analytics are great. Those numbers are great. I respect the heck out of what they do at all those different fields you mentioned, but they don't know if your kicker's got a bad hamstring or your left guard can't right. block Aaron Donald or, you know, and then if you kick it and your kicker misses it, then you're the other half of the people are going to be like, what are you doing? The numbers already told you to go for it. It was the better play, and you kicked it. Now you got no points, and you gave yourself a, a worse chance to win the game. So, you know, uh, Monday morning. I said it was going to be my last thing, but I lied because <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing that bothers me about this, uh, this discussion is everyone on the kick it side just assumes that they make every kick. Oh, just take the right. three. Well, they don't make every one. And some of them, you know, maybe it's 98%. But, again, that 2% has to be factored in. It's not 100% that you get a free three points there. Right, exactly. I mean, they miss kicks. And is three points enough? I think, actually, if, if we're talking about a coaching decision, more so than all the fourth downs was the decision to not go for two late in the game. Yeah, I right, think that, right, right. that would be the first on my list if I was going to point to something with, with Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. I mean, just watching the game, they kept bringing it up. Well, he's going to go for it again on fourth, and the whole world knows it. And oh, didn't get it, you know. And I think that's sort of part of the cinema of the game too. It just puts it in everybody's minds. So if you're like, you know, an old school guy, and you you're the take the points, it just makes you more mad hearing him talk about it. You wouldn't even really think about it, you know, if you're a younger person and you grew up watching people go for it on fourth. You know, I don't think about oh, it when right, I see right. when I see Steph Curry drop a three from ten feet behind the the line. I don't think about it, but you know, maybe if you're seventy years old and you remember a time when they didn't have a three point line and you're shaking your head and you're like, "That's a terrible shot," that, you know, and you hate it. Maybe so. Uh, that's that's what's funny about all this as well. So I can't wait to see where that goes. Oh, my fifteen year old just assumes you go for it. Where my buddies that are all almost fifty. Oh, you can't go for it there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, what do you think? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's funny. All right. Um, <laughs> we got to move on to the rest of the week 15 games here. COVID rearing its ugly head uh, daily here in the NFL. Preview picks for the rest of week 15 coming up. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience 
package. You've never been to a Super Bowl. It is an amazing experience, and you can get there in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences along the way featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star Los Angeles hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. So visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. An interesting challenge thrown down by Stat Hero this week. A three-quarterback combination. Can you beat the trio of Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, and Jimmy Garoppolo in Week 15? It's head-to-head, one-on-one. You know the matchup you have to beat. Can you pick three quarterbacks to beat Stat Hero's three quarterbacks? That's just one of the ways you can play this week at StatHero.com. Stat Hero is the first-of-its-kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner-take-all. Never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better than your standard fantasy football. You don't know who you're playing in traditional fantasy sports. It's long-term a losing a proposition. Stat Hero changed the odds in your favor. Stat Hero puts you in control of your own fate. Sign up for free right now at StatHero.com slash LockedOn and use promo code LockedOn for a 100% deposit match. That's StatHero.com slash LockedOn, promo code LockedOn for a 100% match. StatHero.com slash LockedOn. A few notes here, Matt, uh, as we let's start with this Washington Philly game, because all eyes are on this one with uh, we talked about and by the way, yesterday, uh, part of the the early Sunday schedule. We talked about the Saturday games as well and the Cleveland Browns and everything that they're going through. Um, First, this relayed from Dan Graziano is that there are some new covid protocols that could really affect this. And this is the league trying to get as many games in as many players on the field as possible. If you're vaccinated, uh, just it's a lot easier to test back in, quote unquote, and play this weekend. Even if you've tested positive, say Thursday, you could get on the field Saturday without those negative tests if you have no symptoms and you're vaccinated. So the league is really trying to make it possible for those vaccinated players to test back in if they are negative and don't have symptoms to be able to play Saturday and Sunday so they don't have to you know, reschedule or cancel or forfeit a bunch of games. So I, I think that's a pretty important factor in all of this that might make things very possible for teams like Washington and the Los Angeles Rams and the Cleveland Browns that are really dealing with a ton of players on the COVID reserve list right now. And it's getting worse and worse for Washington, just like with the Cleveland Browns, you know, it's hitting certain rooms, and it was the quarterback right. room for both teams. Baker Mayfield, his backup out, and now in Washington, it's the top two quarterbacks, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, now both on the reserve COVID list, leaving Garrett Gilbert, according to Adam Schefter, uh, who is signing today with Washington in line to start possibly Sunday right. versus Philadelphia. Not a great situation for a team trying to fight for a playoff spot. Ron Rivera still no. hopes that Washington Eagles game will be moved, apparently, and postponed, you know, maybe Tuesday or I don't, there's not many weeks left to try to move that to a different week. But here's the thing is it's such huge playoff implications for this game and the Eagles and Washington play again in two weeks. Mm -hmm. It's not fair for, say, the Eagles 
to move to Tuesday, then have to play on a short week against the Giants, then have to come back and play Washington because of stuff that is in Washington's house and not Philly's house. So I could see the argument. Don't get me started. Because, <laughs> because I know that the Steelers, Steelers went through this last year. Four o'clock on a Wednesday or whatever last year because the Titans got sick. And then they did it again when the Ravens got sick. You know, like it, it, I, I'm, I'm going to I take that personally because right. my team got screwed out of a bye week and had to play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays last year because two other teams got sick. You know, like I'm kind of old school, like. Well, well, tough noogies, you lose, you know. You know. <laughs> right. I, I just had to throw that out there. Yeah, no, but exactly. No, this year's it's different. Th- here's a reminder from uh, the, the. This is from July. Tom Pelissero tweeted this out and and really had a tweet storm, just breaking down everything from the league meetings and the decisions on how they were going to treat COVID in 2021. And I think part of this might be due to what happened with the Steelers last year. So uh, this is how it goes. The NFL just informed clubs. Again, this is from July that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season in 2021 due to COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, which is key, the team... That's the name. That's the thing. I, keep, I interrupt you so Sure. Much, no, sorry. sorry. But the, the vaccinated versus unvaccinated thing comes up every time they release something. And it's still... I'm, I'm not political at all. I just am an NFL person. I can't believe some of these guys aren't vaccinated still. You know, I mean, but anyway, it was to go be it. Right. And, just- and, and, and so that's that's one of the big points here with Washington, because an outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seating per sources. So, again, that's a huge deal because yeah. Washington is the one that wants to move this game because they've got the outbreak and a bunch of covid positive on their team. But here's the thing. What. Maybe, and look, I don't know, they can contact trace this, I'm sure, but uh, it has to be partially because of somebody in the building starting this all. And who was it? Well, it was December 8th. They hadn't had a positive COVID test for a month until Montez Sweat had a positive COVID test on December 8th. He is unvaccinated. And now we see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 as of yesterday. 22 players have tested positive since that first Montez Sweat unvaccinated positive test uh, in the course of a week in that building. Wow. So that's where I don't think the league is going to give Washington any leeway here. Um, to want to move this game, to want to hurt the Eagles' chances because it started with an unvaccinated player. So I think that's a huge sticking point for the league. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to digest there. And the one thing I was going to interrupt you before was the, the rules that recently changed about you don't need two positive tests if you're vaccinated. You know, like you can get right. back on the field quicker if you're vaccinated. Like it's pretty clear what the league believes and is pushing these players right. to do. Absolutely. So uh, not only that, in, Mont- in Montez Sweat, when you're unvaccinated, it takes longer to be able to come back from protocols on top mm, of it. Yeah. Right. So um, all these un- all these vaccinated players that maybe have tested positive earlier on in the week, if they get that negative test, don't show symptoms, they might be able to play still this weekend. And I think that's what the league is hoping for. And some important names on this list, you know, along with Montez Sweat, who's a starting defensive end. Um, there's Jonathan Allen is a really important piece to their interior. Kendall Fuller's on the list, both quarterbacks I mentioned earlier. So, uh, Cam Curl starting safety. So, 
Uh, there's a ton of names, and it's a rough situation. Both their centers are on the list. They have no. I don't even know. Probably bring up a practice squad center. I don't know. I, I don't either. I mean, did we break that day, game down yet last week or yesterday? I can't remember. We didn't, but I don't know how you can. <laughs> I say, who do you like? I mean, I, I mean, I like, I like the Washington. Eagles right now, uh, and the Eagles are favored by nine and a half points. I think for a reason, and that might be part of it. If you're going with your third string quarterback Garrett Gilbert, who is just being signed today, I don't know how you can't bet on the Eagles in this game if it is indeed played, unless everybody comes back. And then, uh, actually, I, I I apologize. I didn't refresh it. Nine and a half points was last night. It's up to 12 points now that the Eagles are favored in this one. I still like the Eagles. I mean, and, oh, by the way, there's real injuries. I'm not, that that didn't come out right. But McLaurin has <laughs> right. a concussion. Yeah. McKissick has a concussion. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play. You know, I mean, there's normal things we deal with, too. I, I think it's a Minshew game. Why rush Hurts back against right. a bunch of backups? I still think the Eagles cover, though. I, mean, I don't I, with the way Minshew played. It's not. I don't right. think that hurts the Eagles to have Minshew playing. I don't. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, you have to start Minshew because he's way better than Hurts." They're both so different. But uh, you know, that doesn't bother me. I, you know, that doesn't bother me right. like Garrett Gilbert starting for Washington. <laughs> right, right. It's a little different. Yeah, I mean, so that's I don't, not a. If this game even gets played, I have no idea. Uh, but you have to side with Washington. You know, unless the, the it gets unless it gets crazy. You know, with that spread. I'm a little shocked you can even bet on it at the moment. Yeah, I think that's one of those you might just have to take off the table. I think some sports books might right now with both that mm-hmm. Cleveland game and um, the the Washington and Eagles game. How do you put a number on it? Yeah, and, and the Browns one's interesting because Las Vegas was favored by one yesterday. It's only three and a half points. Yeah, I mean, I think, the, I think Vegas is in a rough spot, but the Browns are in a rougher spot. I mean, there's guys like Delpit and Mac Wilson went on the list today. You know, I mean... They, they they signed a couple guys off the street for quarterback. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's the big problem because even with the new rules, it's hard to test out when more guys every day are coming up with – it's not like more negative tests are coming, more positive tests are coming. Yeah, right. There's new names every day. All right, we got to keep moving here. Uh, good news for the Buffalo Bills, though. Josh Allen, he had a little injury, foot injury. He's going to be okay. He's going to play as the Bills host – the Carolina Panthers, look, uh, the Bills went through some stuff this year, and uh, they looked really hot and looked like they would be in contention for the one seed and might even run away with the AFC East. Now they're in second in the AFC East and fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, this is getting serious for the Bills. they got to win some football games. they got to win this one favored by 12 at home against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I don't like where Carolina is at all, but I respect their defense, and Allen's playing I don't think he's going to run or do as much, though, on a bad wheel. And I could see the Bills being a little more conservative, maybe even running the football to a running back before the third quarter. Um, I think they handle this game and win it, but not by 12. Yeah, I think it's just too many points for the way the Bills yeah. have played. And I think the Panthers can keep it close, even though they're not a great football team. Um, no. Yeah. Just a, a, low, a little bit more of a low-scoring affair. No running game for Josh Allen, which is he's their leading rusher. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> he's right. got a bad foot. Uh, I'm with I you. I think there. Carolina's D is okay. Bill's straight up. They got more to play for. Panthers are done, but over ten is too much for me. Yep, twelve points too many. Uh, is twelve and a half too many for the Cardinals? No, did we talk Cardinals and Lions yesterday? I think we did. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, we, we did. Because it was the picture. you know the the most wins yeah. against the the most losses in the NFL. Let's move on to. This uh, Cowboys-Giants football game. This is an interesting one. Another one from the NFC East. Giants at 4-9 hosting 
the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas on the road, favored by 10.5. A lot of road favorites this week, Matt. Torn on this one because I think the Giants are exactly what the Cowboys need to get right on offense, but I don't think Dak or Zeke is particularly healthy. I think the Giants' O-line against this Cowboys' three pass rushers is an awful situation, especially with Glennon, maybe a little Fromm sprinkled in at quarterback. I'm going to say the Giants' D, though, at home keeps this under double digits. Just a big number. Division game. Uh, Yeah, the division game, the home dog, normally I would want to go with, but I just, um, I have no confidence at all in the New York Giants right now. And they, I think they know in house it's coming apart, right? They've, they've already fired people. They know the GM's gone. They, I I just, the the head coach is going to be gone too because new GM means new coach, maybe the quarterback too. And, you know, it's like, there's nothing really going well for the Giants. I don't know if they're in a position to, to stay up and, and beat a good football team like the Cowboys. And look, if the Cowboys figure things out on offense, the defense has already been carrying them after the offense carried them early in the season. Look out, that could be a blowout. So I'm going to reluctantly give up those 10.5 for the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, I don't feel strong about it. I would not put my own money on that one. But Bengals, Broncos. Seven and six at seven and six. This is uh, this has playoff implications. The Broncos won't go away. The Broncos have a better record than the Rams, by the way, since that Von Miller trade, which is hard to believe. Yeah. I know Teddy Two Gloves is throwing it short of the sticks on third down. We've covered that, but um, they've got a two-headed monster at running back, and they can run the football with either one of those guys, the veteran or the rookie. And the defense is playing good ball. Um, I think this is a fun matchup, and I think it could be pretty close. Denver at home, favored by three, so they think this one is neutral. Or this is uh, even on a neutral site. Which which side do you side on, Matt? I don't think it's even on a neutral site, but I do think this is a difficult site to play at, especially if you haven't before. I'm sure Burrow hasn't. I haven't double checked that, but he's only a year and a half um, since he has some key injuries too. Riley Reef and Wuzier, and they got some guys that are down, and they've been quite healthy all year. I think Fangio is really difficult to play against, especially for a young quarterback. You mentioned Denver's run game. Uh, I'm still taking the Bengals, though. I think yeah. I, I just think they're a tier ahead of Denver. But this could be a sloppy 17-16 type of game. That's why I want the points. Yeah, see, this is one where I wanted to take Denver, but they're favored. I feel like it should be the other way. Then I could take me the too. home dog in Denver by three, and that would make me feel a little bit better. I do think the Bengals are better. I watched them really closely last week. I, I do really like the Bengals. They're a fun team. Um, and uh, I, I will pick Cincy in this one and take those three points. Yeah, I agree. All right, next, we've got some afternoon football action in the NFC West. Seahawks and Rams. The 49ers hosting the Falcons. Playoff implications there. A good one in Baltimore with the Packers and Ravens. Will Lamar be playing? Doesn't look like it. Saints, Bucks, and Monday Night Football. Vikings, Bears. Preview and picks next. Think you have an edge on the house when it comes to NFL lines? Well, Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before as football season continues to march toward the playoffs. You've got college football championships coming, NFL playoffs in January, and of course, the Super Bowl coming in February. And not only. NFL, football, college football, you've got pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. You want to play blackjack, you want to play poker, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers at betonline.com. 
AG, which remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. Again, promo code Locked On at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Tons of new holiday flavors at Built.com, like eggnog, eggnog built bars. Yeah, eggnog built bars, caramel macchiato, white chocolate cheesecake, uh, tons of other flavors. You can get a coconut lovers box. Uh, that is not the box I would personally order, but yeah, give me that eggnog. That sounds really interesting. Uh, caramel macchiato as well, covered in 100% delicious chocolate uh, if you don't want chocolate though you go caramel almond delight that one is not covered in chocolate just like lemon cheesecake is not covered in chocolate so there's some options out there if you are not a chocolate lover but one thing all of those flavors have in common they are delicious and healthy the best of both worlds high in protein but low in calories low in sugar low in net carbs and low in fat so go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Here's a big one in the NFC playoff picture, Matt. The six-seed 49ers with the six and seven Falcons that are tied for the seventh seed with Eagles, Washington, New Orleans, um, who else? Yeah, Minnesota Vikings that we'll talk about in a bit here. But they're I think they're the worst of those teams, and they're on the road at the 49ers. Niners favored by 9.5 points, which is a lot for, a teams, for teams that are so close in win-loss record. And I kind of agree with the odds makers in this one. And uh, I, I thought it was going to be lower, which would have made it easier to bet on the Niners. 9.5 is a big line. I, I don't know if... You know, it's going to be necessarily a blowout for the 49ers, even though they can probably put some points up on the Falcons' defense. I think Kyle Shanahan probably wants to run the ball quite a bit. Maybe that suppresses points and makes it harder to win by that many. So it makes me feel like Niners straight up, but maybe Falcons I would lean with the 9.5 just because it's a lot of points, but I'm really confident in the 49ers winning this game. And as I've said on Locked On 49ers, if the Niners can't beat the Falcons and the Texans, which is all it's going to take on the schedule to get them in the playoffs, they don't deserve to be a playoff team. No, I understand. Agree. I agree with everything you just said, except for I'm going to take the Niners. I'll be honest. When I saw this spread, I went, ooh, that's bigger than I expected. I was thinking mm-hmm. seven and a half. Yeah, six or seven is what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, but the fact that it's under 10 is enough for me to still stick with the home team that I just think is much better, can beat this defense in numerous ways. I don't think they'll disrupt Jimmy all that much. I think Bosa is going to be a massive problem for them. I'll I'll lay the points because it's under ten, but I'm really shocked by that one. I just I don't think this matchup is good. Not not only just you know total talent, the 49ers being better than the Falcons, the matchups aren't great because what do the Falcons have? Their offensive line is pretty bad. The Niners' defensive line should be able to handle that. Linebackers and safeties uh, are are health are pretty healthy and in a good place to match up against Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson out of the backfield. Um, and Bosa has been one of the best pass rushers in the league this year. And then on the other side of the ball, it's, you know, um, can you match up against Kittle? Can you match up against Debo doing the special things he's doing? Can you pressure right. Garoppolo? Um, so, you know, I I just think this really, really favors the 49ers. And again, I just, it's, just, it's a question of points for me. So uh, I, I 
If it's a blowout, it's on the Niners' side. Sure, sure. I agree. How about the Kansas City, no, I'm sorry, the Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams? This is the way things have gone in the NFC West. I've heard people talk about it's paper, it's rock, it's paper, rock, paper, scissors in the NFC West with the 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks. The Seahawks always beat the Niners. Niners always beat the Rams, and the Rams always beat the Seahawks. Seahawks are playing bad. Rams seem to have figured things out and made a statement last week on Monday Night Football. Rams are at home here, which is why they're favored by four, and I kind of want to give up those points for the Rams at home just because of the way these two teams are currently playing. Oh, I think so too. I mean, this is one of my favorite bets of the week, to be honest with you. I, I think that the world has a little bit inflated perspective of what the Seahawks are after these past two weeks. Uh, I'm not biting on it, especially without Tyler Lockett, who's been a massive catalyst for them. I think the Rams have turned a corner. I think they'll run on Seattle. I think Stafford will outduel uh, Wilson. Better defense in LA. They're home. Four is not enough for me. I think this should be a seven and a half or type game. Yeah, and COVID is starting to, to rear its ugly head here with the Rams missing a yeah. bunch of players and the Seahawks are down to like, I think DK Metcalf and that's about it at wide receiver mm-hmm. right now. So this is an interesting one. Then that could skew things. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's on the list. We'll see who tests out of that uh, COVID protocol coming up as we head toward Sunday, but right now I still got to lean toward the Rams because Stafford and Aaron Donald are still good to go. Yep, absolutely. I imagine Rams will be back too. I think he will make it back because he was one of the earlier positive tests there on the Rams. They don't do this much, but boy, I would match up Ramsey on Metcalf like oh, exclusively, especially game. with Lock It Out. That makes it a lot right, easier. Yeah, right. and that doesn't bode well for the Seahawks here. How about? The Green Bay Packers at the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar looks like he's not going to play. Tyler Huntley was not terrible in relief of Lamar Jackson. But look, it's taken a lot of Lamar Jackson hero ball this year. We've talked about the Ravens sort of really teetering on the edge of being that team that could fall apart a little bit and and maybe isn't as a powerhouse on the defensive side of the ball as some past Ravens teams. Green Bay, it's a big number to go into Baltimore. I can't remember the last time Baltimore was the underdog by six and a half points in their own house, though, Matt. I have no problem laying it, though. I mean, the thing you didn't mention is the Ravens are playing with third, fourth, fifth string corners. I mean, Devontae Adams might get 250 in this game. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> think they're going to have any kind of answers. He and Rodgers is, is going to. He's, I think, my favorite, you know, buy a ticket, watch a player right now. Devontae yeah. Adams, the way he is getting open so effortlessly, and I don't know how he's got this like fountain of youth where he's getting more athletic the closer he gets to you know, being 30 years old, where most wide receivers start to go in the other direction. I'm blown away by how easily he gets open. And Aaron Rodgers, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback to find him and get him the ball. And if uh, you're down defensive backs, that doesn't bode well for the Ravens. No, and I assume the the Ra- or, you know the Packers are going to be more prepared for Huntley and his weaknesses than the other opponents were. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. kind of see this one coming. Doesn't get sprung on you in mid game. The Ravens' O line's kind of a mess, and I think the the Packers' front will control the action. I think they mop the floor with the Ravens. I'm with you, Green Bay. It's under seven. It's under a touchdown with an extra point. So I'll take it. I'll t- yeah. I'll, I'll give up those points. Although, you know, I, I think if you told me the Ravens kept this within six and a half, I wouldn't be too shocked with, you know, how well they're coached and being at home. So maybe this is the, the bet where the Sharps are going to come in on the Ravens side of things, no matter who is back there at quarterback, but I just can't do it. Maybe they wait to see if it gets to seven, seven and a half. Right, yeah. I mean, under a touchdown's not enough for me. 
Saints at Buccaneers, NFC South matchup. The 10 and 3 Bucks hosting the 6 and 7 Saints on Sunday night football. Tampa, another big number, favored by 11 at home. I want the points. Just because it's a rivalry game, Peyton knows, kind of like the Harbaugh thing that you mentioned you know, last game. I'm going to put a, some stock in, in Sean Payton to keep this thing close. Read some stats today that the Bucs have struggled against running quarterbacks. Kamara's healthy. I think the Saints D is quite good and usually gives Brady some troubles. I think the Bucs win it, but this is over 10 for a, you know, a, a respectable team in New Orleans with a good D and a lot of familiarity. I want the points. Yeah, and don't forget the Saints already beat the Bucs once this year. Right, right, right. And, uh, yeah, so primetime matchup at Tampa this time. It is a lot of points. The The Saints showed signs of life. Again, it was against the Jets last week, but it was good to see them at least play well after five straight losses. I'm with you. 11 points, a little much. I think they can keep it closer. I'm not going to pick an upset special here, but I'll take those points with the Saints. And Kamara, I think, is such a big deal to have him back for that Saints offense. Yeah, 100% agree. Last game of the week, Monday Night Football. The Bears don't have much to play for. They're in development mode. Um, if they can protect, their offensive line is so bad. Can you fire Matt Nagy already? I just want to see a different play caller for a few weeks there for Justin Fields. There, uh, I have no confidence in what the Bears are doing right now. Points are coming so hard for that football team, and the Vikings have so much to play for at six and seven, fighting for that wild card spot in the playoffs. Minnesota on the road, favored by five and a half against the Bears, Matt. Yeah, I don't think that's enough. I, I think Nagy might get let go Tuesday. I think that's a possibility. Um, I don't want to overreact to the Vikings just trouncing the Steelers Thursday night, but they do get a very long week Thursday all the way to Monday to heal some of their wounds. It doesn't look like Thielen's going to play, but it's a little early to rule him out. But Dalvin Cook's back, obviously. Um, everything does just look so hard for the Bears. I mean, I'm excited to focus on fields. I think Bears fans have a lot to get excited about. Um, Minnesota is just noticeably better at this point. Tough schedule for Minnesota. They do have the Bears twice. They haven't played yet in, uh, in the NFC North with this matchup mm. yet. They got the Bears this week. They finished with the Bears in Week 18. So, uh, you know, 8-9 and nine for Minnesota, does that get them in? Because they've got to, if not, they've got to win either at home against the Rams or at Green Bay, which are the two games in between these two Bears games. So it is a rough road for those Minnesota Vikings, but uh, I think they do win this one, get back to 500. The next two weeks is the big question for them heading into that last week against the Bears. Yeah, good point. I mean, meanwhile, the Eagles might be getting gifted a win, you know, against Washington. Right. Yeah, and then get to play Washington again. And I think it was the Eagles have somebody else. Was the Eagles the team that has – I think they got the Giants. I think it's all a, uh, a, NFC East. I think there's a lot of division. Yeah, yeah, so it's the Giants in between. Um, and then the Cowboys to end it. So the, the and Eagles, I think Cowboys might rest people, right? That's a possibility. And the Eagles could yeah. very well go win, win, win right now and make it four straight and uh, and be nine and seven heading into the last week. And maybe they can rest people against the Cowboys if that's the case. Because I don't know right. if any of these other teams are going to have win three straight. But uh, as we know, things are wild in the NFL. What positive tests will pop up between? Friday and Sunday, um, and uh, there's so much parity in the league. You think a, team, a game's going to go one way, and it goes the other. There's no easy wins in the NFL. Matt and I will be back to break everything down from the weekend Monday. Thanks for making us your first listen right here. Peacock and Williamson.